this for just a moment because we see an individual that we're all familiar with in Exodus chapter number 4 that's trying to get out of doing something that the Lord has plain and simply just told him to go and do. And I believe right this very moment, there may be even someone here tonight, Lord, has been dealing with you and working in your life, and you've been uh, praying about something, maybe you've been running from something, and maybe you're searching, and you're just unsure, but you know as you have been praying that the Lord does definitely want you to do something specific, whether it go and have a conversation with a coworker, whether it is knock on your neighbor's door and ask them to come to church with you, whether it is uh, praying about a specific ministry. Just tonight, I had an individual tonight come up to me just a few minutes ago and ask me about starting a specific ministry, and uh, I'm all for it. Look, I am. If the Lord is in it, let's do it, and uh, let's move forward. But sometimes we get into that place where we're praying about something, and the Lord makes it very clear, this is what you are supposed to do, but fear creeps in. Excuse after excuse begins to take place. Chapter number three of the book of Exodus, you're familiar with this, and that Moses is going to be given a clear command to go and to do something specific and to give a word. And as you walk through this passage of Scripture in chapter number three and in chapter number four, we find excuse after excuse after excuse. And here's my question to you tonight. What is your excuse? What is your excuse? Because at the end of the day, every single one of us, if we're not careful and we're being uh, dealt with, and the Lord is dealing with us about serving Him or uh, serving in some serious capacity, whether a ministry or jumping out by faith or whatever the case might be, if you want to find an excuse, you can find it. You know, I remember having a conversation a couple of years ago, and I can't remember what it was on, but I remember we were, we were discussing something, and we've come to the realization that if you want to find someone that will agree with you, then just Google it. You'll find at least one person. You'll find one person. And uh, that is the reality of it. If you're trying to get out of something, you can find a way. You can make an excuse. And so I wonder tonight, what is your excuse? Why are you not all in all? Why are you not sold out? Why are you not doing more for the Lord than what you're doing? What is it that is holding you back as far as an excuse from just saying, Lord, I'm done saying no. I'm done making excuses. I'm just saying I'm not much, but I'm willing. Notice what the Bible says in chapter number 3, verse number 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock in the backside of the desert, and he came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, while the bush is not burnt. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. I mean, you jump into chapter number 3, and a couple of things begin to take place. You're, you're given the background of what is going to take place in chapter number 3 and in chapter number 4. In the first couple of verses here, immediately attention is grasped as you look and you see what has taken place here. But notice these words that are found in verse number 4 once again. Right at the very end, the Bible says, in the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses, notice now, hear what he says, here am I. Availability, he's acknowledging what is taking place here. And he goes on, and the Bible says, and he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. 
Moreover, he said, I am God. I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. He goes on and begins to remind us of some things. In verse number seven, I love this because notice this begins to reveal the heart of our God towards his people. He says, the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. He, he's prompted to action here. He has seen some things. He's aware of some things. There are things that you might be going through right this very moment, whereas you think you're in the midst of it, you think God is neglecting you and your circumstances. Can I share with you, God is not neglecting you. He's not neglecting your circumstances. He's not unaware of the season of life or whatever you're praying about. He's not unaware of those things. Hey, the Bible tells us in these verses right here that he was prompted by this. He says, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, but notice what he goes on to do. I love this statement, of my people, speaking of how personal our God is to us, which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And so you begin to understand that they're going through some affliction. They're going through some battles. They're, they're facing some things. And he says on down, and I am come down to deliver them. And I am come down to deliver them. As you walk on through chapter 4 here in a few moments, you're going to see that there's going to become a, a task at hand for Moses to do. And now you're going to enter into excuse after excuse after excuse. And here's the reality of it. Within our lives, right this very moment, there are things that we are praying about and things that we think the Lord might be leading us to do. But we've made excuse after excuse after excuse. I was 16 years old and gotten saved, and I remember accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. In the next six to seven months, the Lord would deal with me greatly, and I continued to make excuse after excuse after excuse. I remember whenever I started pastoring Gateway Baptist Church, and I remember the Lord opening the doors and shutting the doors that were necessary, and I, in the midst of all of that, I was making excuse after excuse after excuse. I remember... Brother Dalton coming to me, and he very simply just said, hey, I know you have already said no, but would you pray about it? And I said, well, I'll pray about it. Walked away from that, and I immediately told the Lord all the reasons why I'm not capable and not, uh, I'm not able to pastor. And I remember the Lord just beginning to deal with me in a, in a very serious manner as he began to remind me that anything he is opening and anything that he is calling me to do that is not something that he has made a mistake in. And I remember as the Lord began to open those doors and lead us to stay and for me to be the second pastor of Gateway Baptist Church, that all of those excuses began to fade away, but all of a sudden I began to create more excuses. Excuses as to why I shouldn't be now. You see, the first excuse that I was responding to is why I couldn't. <laughs> Lord, I can't be a pastor. I can't do this. I can't do that. All of the many excuses. Then all of a sudden I'm voted in as next pastor, and now it's the excuses why I shouldn't. Why I should not be doing this. And then here's the reality of it. Over the next seven years, there are seasons where all of a sudden you might hit a rough patch or you might get discouraged and you still have those woe is me moments. All of a sudden, excuses is why we should quit. Why should we should stop? All these things. And every single one of us enters into those seasons where we begin to question, we begin to doubt, we begin to say, Lord, you, we know this is your will, but surely you've made a mistake. Look with me in chapter number 4 for just a few moments. The Bible says this, 
as you walk on down to chapter, I mean, chapter number three, I'm sorry, stay in chapter number three for just a moment. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Here's the assignment right away. So here's the task at hand. There, here is the, the mission, if you would. The mission field is going to be mentioned. And he says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. There's the mission field. The task is at hand. You know what is about to take place. You know the command that has just now been received. But now let's get into some of our excuses. This is where I want to park tonight because I believe we are entering into a day and age where there are a lot of Christians making excuses as why they cannot be sold out to the Lord. And one of the sad realities within the local church and within Christians' lives is that there are many people that are making excuses why they cannot do something. But then we look at this generation and we say, why aren't they? And we look at that generation and we get frustrated and say, why aren't they? And you see, if we truly believe that the Lord is faithful to all generations, then all of the generations that are represented tonight in this auditorium, why aren't we doing more? What excuse is holding us back from being sold out and being all in all to the Lord? You know, we get so frustrated with young people for not just getting it, is what we'll say. They just don't get it. But the reality of it is they don't get it because they don't see an urgency in others that desire to get it. We're not seeing that across the board where these young people many times are seeing maybe it's their parents or maybe an individual that they look up to or a teacher or whatever the case might be. But there's someone that is harping on them sometimes to make a step of faith and serve the Lord and do this. But they're looking at us and saying, well, why should I if you're not willing? I look at my son and I realize that my son and my daughter and my son in the nursery are going to look at daddy and daddy's going to tell them to do something someday. And they're going to look at me and say, but you don't do it. It's a fear of mine that I would expect my children to do something I'm unwilling to do myself. We have many excuses within our lives. Notice what he says right here in verse number 11. And Moses said unto God, who am I? Who am I? As a matter of fact, later on here in a few minutes, you're going to see that he goes on to say something different in that he is trying to get the Lord to use someone else, if you would. But he goes on and he says these words right here. Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? You see, one of the saddest things about this passage of Scripture is the response that he has whenever he is told to go and do something. It's almost as though the response that is offered up is one of disbelief. One that, Lord, you're making a mistake here. Why should I go? Why are you telling me? Lord, surely there's someone else that you need to use. Why would I be the one to go unto Pharaoh? Go, go and ask someone else. Go and find someone else. What, who am I? Notice what the Bible says in Scripture as you begin to think about this statement that is being made right here in verse number 12. And he said, certainly I will be with thee. Very beginning of chapter number 1 of the book of Joshua. Joshua raises some concerns. Moses now is off the scene and Joshua is coming onto the scene and Joshua begins to be uh, concerned about being the successor of Moses. And the Lord goes on to tell him, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. Joshua, you have nothing to be concerned with. 
couple of weeks ago we dealt with this, but as you look at Joshua chapter 1 and the statements that are being made and his concerns are all being given, the Lord is responding to those that later on in the book of Joshua. Now Joshua has lived this through. He has seen that that statement that was made, as I was with Moses, I will be with thee. He has seen that to be true. He has seen that the Lord made that statement, but he made it and he understood what he was saying. And now he has seen the Lord provide and show him that that is a true statement, Lord, that you are making. So he goes on to tell the people that. And as you begin to think about Moses here for just a moment, he says, who am I that I should go unto the Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? He says, certainly I will be with thee. One of the many excuses sometimes that we make whenever the Lord is dealing with us is we say, Lord, I, I can't do that. I'm nothing. The Lord begins to impress upon your heart to go and talk to that coworker. Maybe there's another Christian in the workplace. And immediately the Lord is impressing on your heart to go and talk to that coworker or, or talk to that person. And all of a sudden you begin to make an excuse, Lord, they would do a much better job. Who am I? I'm, I'm nothing. I can't do that. I remember as a young preacher boy making that same, exact same excuse as the Lord was dealing with me. Because I was looking at all of the preachers that were influencing me. I said, I could never be that preacher. And I came to realize something as I matured in the Lord that I was never called to be that preacher. The Lord never asked me to be Scott Pauley or Mark Brown or Johnny Pope or any of the preachers that we've had in here. He's never called me to, and asked me to be one of those preachers. He's called me to be Josh Palmer and preach the Word of God. And I began to realize that that statement, who am I, as I've made it all in my own excuses. And I remember this. I have this quote written down in my Bible that Brother Dalton made a statement in his preaching years ago. He said, until you become a nobody, you will never become anybody. And the reality of it is so many times in our lives we want to be a somebody. In reality, we're nobody because we're working so hard to be somebody. And we make more of ourselves than we make more of Christ. And we rob ourselves of the blessing of exalting the Savior because we're trying to exalt ourselves. And I remember sitting in that service and he made that statement, you will never become anybody until you become a nobody. I began to think about that, man, as you begin to think about that, and you begin to think about making a difference for the Lord and doing something, sometimes we think so highly of ourselves. And notice this response right here, who am I? Moses is saying, hey, Lord, you've made a mistake. Who am I? Notice the second excuse that he makes here. As you continue walking on down, notice as you walk through, you'll see continuous responses. But in verse number 13, he says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me. And they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? So now he is saying, Lord, okay, if I am the person, I don't have a clue what to say. So, you're, you're, Lord, you're telling me to go and to, to declare these things, go and to say these things, but I, I don't have a clue what to say, so I guess that, that kind of solves that issue. I don't have a word. Don't you love this about our God? Anytime we have an excuse, he always has an answer. Anytime we tell him no, he says no. It's a yes, but I'll, I'll bring you around on it. I'll, I'll keep working on you. Notice what he says as you continue reading on down, verse number 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. There's your answer. So his excuse is, I don't have a word. And the Lord says, No, you do. Here's your word. It's very simple. 
As they ask, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? Say this, I am hath sent me unto you. Many times in our own lives, we, we begin to question when the Lord is leading us to do something. And one of the excuses we make is, I don't have a clue what to say to them. And the Lord always gives us an answer. There are times whenever I've been out soul winning, and some of you have experienced this before, when you're having a conversation with someone and you, you always go into uh, gospel presentations and opportunities with a little bit of, uh, you know, nervous tendencies and you're, you're, you're kind of concerned, I want to give the answers and all this. And there are times whenever you're answering questions and all of a sudden in the midst of all of these questions that are being asked, you're thinking to yourself, how am I going to answer all these? And all of a sudden the Lord begins to bring memory to your mind. Scripture that you have read, passages that you have memorized as you have gone through and studied the Word of God, and all of a sudden the Lord provides an answer, gives some discernment, gives wisdom, gives the answer and the help that that person was looking for. But all along you were sitting there saying, Lord, I don't have a clue what to say to them. Lord, you want me to talk to them, but maybe you made an excuse there, but if you didn't, I don't even have a clue where to start. And so Moses says right here, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And the Lord says, I am hath sent me unto you. Notice in chapter number four for this moment, the next excuse. In verse number one, the Bible says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they, shall, they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And so now you come to the next authority. So, Lord, you, you, you must have made an, a, a mistake here. But if you didn't, I don't have a response or an answer. And, Lord, even if I did have an answer, they're not going to believe me. They're not going to listen to me. You see what, what's taking place here? Excuse after excuse after excuse. You ever been having a conversation with a young person or maybe a, your children or whatever the case might be, and they've gotten themselves into some trouble and they have excuses as to why they got themselves into trouble? And they keep saying, yeah, but. Yeah, but. And finally, you finally come to the place where you say, look, stop. It's enough. Accept it. And as you come to this portion of Scripture, notice what goes on as you continue on reading. In verse number 1 of chapter number 4, the Bible says, They will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. God's response is found right on down in verse number 6 of chapter number 4. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thy hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. So he's, he, he's showing him his power, his authority, if you would. He said, And he said, Put thy hand into thy bosom again. And he put it his, his hand into his bosom again. He plucked it out of his bosom. Behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. As it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, or believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river, and pour it upon the dry land, and of the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord. Excuse number four. Five. I am not eloquent. Neither hereto, therefore, heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, for I am slow of speech, and of a slow tongue. 
The Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Moses, you, you saying I made it made a, a hiccup? You saying I messed up? Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth. Here, here's that, that statement I was just making. Your children make excuse after excuse after excuse. And there finally comes a point where you just look at them and say, stop it. I don't want to hear another word. Uh, you're, 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 about, you're about to do it. You're about to get yourself in more trouble. Right? We just say, that's enough. Notice in verse number, uh, verse number 12 here. He says in verse number 11, it's, it's almost the tone of, all right, it's enough. Right? Verse number 11, he says, And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind, have not I the Lord. Now here's verse number 12. Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth. That's enough. Do what I said. And I wish he did. But he goes on, the Bible says, And teach thee that what thou shalt say. And he said, Oh, my Lord. Send, I pray thee, for the hand of him whom thou wilt send. There are people that the Lord desires to use within our lives. And I just want you to think about this for just a few moments. Because the impact that you could have on somebody's life is, is great. There were people along the path of my life that I look back on, and I, I see their influence, and sometimes it was a deacon of a church who just wrapped his arms around me and, as a preacher boy, said, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And Satan's going to attack, but just remember the Lord's going to be with you. Stick to his word. Preach the word of God. Sometimes it was my pastor who would send me maybe a, a text message and just let me know he was praying for me. Sometimes it was the, the pastor's wife, who is now my mother-in-law, who would just, in passing, let me know that she was proud of me and praying for me. Sometimes it was just a, a word from my parents just letting me know that they love me and that they're praying for me and they want the, the Lord to use me and do this or that or whatever the case may be. And sometimes it was just a word that the Lord said, I want you to say to this young man. Sometimes it was a little bit more. Sometimes it was taking a little bit a step further and investing by not only saying a word, but maybe having some time one-on-one -on -one to encourage me and help me and bring me along. And I want you to think for just a few moments with me. There are many of you that are sitting here right this very moment that the Lord is trying to do a great work in your life and trying to use you to do something else in someone else's life. And these words that are found in this pastor scripture right here, as he goes on in these verses and said in verse number 13, Oh, my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who wilt thou send. Send someone else. Imagine for just a few moments. Brother John, if the Lord had been impressing upon your heart one morning, to send one of these boys a text message and just let them know that you are praying for them. You're their youth director, and instead of sending them that, that text message, maybe you say, Lord, I, someone else can. I teach them on Sunday mornings. I have to deal with them on Wednesdays. I got to go stay in a stinky cabin with them at camp. All of a sudden, you make excuse after excuse after excuse. 
And then a testimony shared. On a random Sunday night, one of these boys stands up. Because here's the reality of it. When we say no, the Lord says, okay, you're going to miss out on the blessing. I can find someone else to do what I need to be done. And so on that same day, let's just say for a few moments, that the Lord was oppressing upon one of your hearts. Let's just say Brother Rusty's heart. But John has just said, no, Lord, I'm not going to do that. Excuse after excuse after excuse. Brother, uh, Brother uh, Rusty sends one of these boys a text message and just says, hey, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. Proud of you. One of these boys stands up one morning, I mean, one evening, on a Sunday evening, sharing a testimony. They say, you know, I was going through a, a rough day one day. And I received a text message. It wasn't much. It didn't take much effort. I know they, they could have sent it to anybody, but Brother Rusty sent me a text message. Just let me know he's praying for you. And all the while, Brother John missed that opportunity because we make excuses. You see that neighbor down the road that needs the gospel and you keep making excuses for? There's going to come a day, I believe, one day when we're going to look back and see all the opportunities that we told the Lord no to. And we're going to look back and we're going to realize all the opportunities. You see, one of the reasons that I've been able to experience this and realize the importance of this one truth is because of that one gentleman's name that continuously runs through my mind all the time, Jonathan Hunter. Because Jonathan Hunter is in eternity somewhere right this very moment. And I missed that opportunity because I made excuses. And while I would never wish that on anybody's life to go through that disobedience and experience that, I look back on that pivotal moment in my life, and it reminded me that there is no excuse that will get me out of doing what God desires for me to do and for me to feel good about it. When the Lord impresses something upon my heart, I might look at it and say, Lord, I am nobody. Why are you asking me to do this? Just this past week, someone asked me to pray about something that's very large. It would take a lot of energy and effort, and, and, and I'm willing to pray about it. But my first response was, why me? Why pray about this? Surely there's someone else that can do this. Why? Because of fear. Because of pride. Because of worry. Because we look so much at ourselves instead of how great our God is. You know what would have fixed all of this for Moses? Go back with me to chapter number 3 for just a moment. Chapter number 3, verse number 11, he says this. And Moses said unto God, who am I? Verse number 13, he asked the question, what shall I say to them? Now, in his head, he's thinking, I am nobody, which is true. God, they're going to look at me and say, you're nobody. Why? Well, who, who is this God you're speaking? How do we know we can trust you? This should have solved it right here. Tell them that I am has sent you. In that moment right there, Moses should have realized, I am nothing, but God, you are everything. You are the almighty. I know that if you're telling me to do this, you'll provide. Every command that you've told me to do, I'm saying yes to because that settles it. You're God. You tell me to do it. I will do it. 
And the reason that many of us are, are held back by ourselves is because we don't view God as a mighty God that can do all things. We don't think that God is capable of using us because we think our sin is too great. We, we think our, our, our personality is wrong. We think all of our failures are holding us back. We think all of our mis, misguided steps and all of these many things that we can't do something great for God. Can I show you? I have failed the Lord many times. And it is only by his mercy and only by his grace that I'm standing before you tonight. But it is not me. It is him. That is the reality of every single one of us tonight. Can I illustrate this very plain and simple to you tonight and we'll be done. At the very beginning of this project of taking a step of faith as a church and saying, hey, we're going to, as a church, step out by faith. We're going to see what we can do. If the Lord provides, then we'll, we'll address that next. And there were many days at the very beginning where we had to have work days and we had to do this, we had to do that. And, and I would say, Lord, I don't know if we're going to get it done. All of a sudden, many of you would show up and I'd, I'd be at peace. And then we'd run into something. We'd say, all right, we've got to figure something out. And I'd say, I don't know how we're going to do this. And all of a sudden, we'd say, well, Brother Cyrus knows what we're going to do. You go to a specialty field for every single one of us tonight. And there are times whenever somebody will say, I'm nobody. I can't do it. But as soon as the person that's capable of doing it steps onto the site, you have confidence. When we tell God that we are nothing and we are nobody and we can't do it, he says, that's true, you can't. But remember who I am, and I can, and I'm going to use you if you just yield yourself to me. If you just let yourself be a vessel that is empty of yourself and you just say, Lord, I'm laying myself in the altar. Lord, I have all the excuses <laughs> I've got a book of excuses this evening to, to lay on the altar and explain to you why I should not, could not, and will not be able to. But, Lord, if you veto all of those, then I'll do it. And Moses missed this one thing. I am has sent me unto you. The Lord goes on in his grace and shows Moses a step further. He says, put your hand on your bosom. All of a sudden, it's leprous. He says, put it back, and now it's back to normal. And he shows him, I am. Do as I've said. Here's my question to you tonight. What's holding you back? What's your excuse? What are you telling the Lord right this very moment? Why are you saying no to him? As the Lord is dealing with you this evening, can I encourage you? Maybe you're trying to decide, should I surrender my all? Should I lay it all on the altar? Should I, should I say yes to the Lord? Can I encourage you already? Say yes. One of the greatest decisions of my life was after I had gotten saved. I was so scared, but I said, Lord, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm thankful I know who holds my future now, and I'm saying yes. Lord, I don't know what's going to take place, but you do, and so, Lord, I'm just going to trust you every step of the way. And I believe that as I have been able to see the Lord's hand of provision and guidance every step of the way, I look back and I say, Lord, I'm so thankful that you're still I am. You weren't I was. You're not just going to be I will. You're I am. And I'm thankful for that tonight. What's your excuse? 